Welcome to the Taris Community Church Podcast. Enjoy today's episode. Good morning, everybody. Oh, just like a school classroom. It's lovely to be in church with everyone this morning at Tower Race. Thanks for having us today. Yep. Do you want to bring it right back here? Yep. Yep. Um, and what a joy it is to be here. We um, have heard a lot about this church and your community work and the things that you do. We are so inspired that you're more than a Sunday-only church. And we feel like there needs to be a lot more of those around the world. And so you really are setting a trail, if you, if you like, and setting a model. And so we really appreciate you for what you're doing. It's great to see some new friends and old friends around the place, which is really cool. Um, we've been married for nearly 30 years, Jules and I. And that's worth a round of applause. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> we've almost made three decades. Almost. We'll get there, I'm sure. Uh, we've got two children, two adult children. One's married and they live in Sydney and our son is nearly 21. He lives on the Gold Coast with us and it's just been a great joy to live this life. How fun is it, hey, just getting to know God and to understand his ways and understand his nature and no matter what part of the journey we're on. I didn't grow up with any religion. I didn't grow up in this type of setting and so I'm sure some of you are probably similar to me haven't grown up that way and so you walk into a place like this and it can be a little bit overwhelming. I know my first time walking into a church was very overwhelming and I just didn't feel like I fit in at all but I love this entire complex because you can uh, come in at different stages. You can just hang out at Jude's or you can be part of the conference centre or the children's things that are going on and just kind of tiptoe your way in and it's just beautiful to be able to do that and uh, you know everyone at their own journey but you know the great thing about life this side of heaven, the great thing about life here is we should get to know God as much as we can. Do you know why? One main reason, so that when we get to heaven, you don't get whiplash. Because <laughs> this is just a taste. This is a taste, right? This is a little bit about how good it's going to be. And so when we get there, you don't want it to be like, whoa, this is so different. Like, so just keep pressing in and trying to figure out who God is and learn as much as you can about Him in, in all that you do. So if you want to turn your Bibles, we're going to talk about that today, everywhere you go. Oh, why don't you tell them, tell them what we I do I was now. just going to say, um, these days, um, so Tim introduced us as leading Hillsong Australia. We haven't actually done that for a long time. And uh, we, we run an organisation um, which is a part of a global organisation uh, called Convoy of Hope. And we've got two arms to Convoy of Hope. We respond to disasters. And who knows, in our nation of Australia, we've had a number of disasters that um, we've had to respond to. And also we do program work for the poor, the marginalised and the vulnerable. And um, these days we spend our our lives and pour our lives into that sort of thing. So, yeah, that's what we do these days. It's a great joy. Hasn't you got such a beautiful, strong voice? (laughs) I feel like I've got a wallipop voice. (laughs) It's a beautiful wallipop voice. Is it just the difference in the microphones? (laughs) No? Oh, a little bit better. Okay. No, it's okay. <laughs> you got to worship. Oh, hello. <laughs> well hello. done. Good queuing. Okay. Why don't you turn your Bibles? If you've got a Bible with you, um, have a look at Acts chapter 10. I want to read a verse from there, Acts chapter 10, verse 38, and it's up on the screens for you as well, which is easy. It says here, um, and, and, and you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Then Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. Why? Because God was with him. 
Jesus went around everywhere healing and helping people who were oppressed and distraught by the work of the enemy. And that's what we want to talk about today, everywhere you go. Because everywhere Jesus went, he went around doing good. And so we want to be encouraging all of us that everywhere we go, we'd be doing the types of things that Jesus was doing when he was here. So let's pray together. Father, thank you for this time. We thank you for your words and your ways. And we ask you to open our eyes and our ears to hear and understand all that you would have from us, all that you'd want us to do and help us to know you better in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. I guess that, uh, that title actually takes me back to my sports carnival school years. So I want you to go there with me. Does it, can anyone remember that far back to their, their sports carnival days? Sadly. <laughs> you, you, give me a wave if you can remember. Okay. So the school I went to, we used to do chants and we belonged to like sporting... Um, what do you, a house, a house, a sporting house. And, you know, mine was called Oxley. And after one of the explorers um, that went through to the Blue Mountains, anyway, I'm not here for a history lesson. Um, but we used to do these chants. And one of the chants was called Everywhere You Go. Now, is anyone having a memory? Or am I the only one? So, okay, well, this is what we're going to do. Okay, yeah, we're going to do it. a chant. And um, this is how it works. I say the first line, and then you repeat it back at me. I'll go with you, right? So you start, and I'll, okay. I'll go with the crowd. But not politely, not church polite kind of, you know, we're all sort of in church, so we're polite. No, this is like, if you're in an, an AFL game or a soccer game, this is the kind of chanting you're going to do back at me. Now, it's not weird Eastern religion chanting. This is like a sport chant. So are you ready? Yep. Ready? Everywhere you go. Everywhere you go. Thank you. People want to know. <laughs> people want to know. Who you are. Who you are. And where do you come from. Where do you come from. Okay, that's the truth. So we tell them. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> that's what people want to know. Who are you? What do you do? And where do you come from? There's a beautiful scripture here that I'd like us all to turn to in 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1. And it says here, and I pray that we would just, we would bask in this beautiful scripture and remember this as we carry on through the rest of this message. It says, let love be your highest goal. But... You should also desire the special abilities the Spirit gives, especially the ability to prophesy. Now, this wasn't talking to a certain type of person. This was just talking to the body of believers at the time. And then in 1 Corinthians 12 verse 7, and this is the big point of where we're going today, a spiritual gift is given to each of us why? Is it up there? Read yep. it with me. So we, so we can, can help, help one another. another. That's why we're given spiritual gifts. Not so that everyone can think you're a guru <laughs> or that, you, you know, God chose you as, you know, some kind of special person over the rest of us. But God gives every single one of us. Have a look around the room today. God gives every single one of us a gift with the sole purpose not to keep it to ourselves, right. 
not to hide it under a bushel, but so that we can purposefully help one another and help the world that we come into contact with. You know, I love that when Jesus left the earth, he goes to be with the Father and he leaves us with the Holy Spirit as what? Our helper. He specifically leaves us with Holy Spirit who's here amongst us. So welcome, Holy Spirit. He leaves us Holy Spirit as our helper. Is it any wonder then Holy Spirit who's been left as our helper gives us spiritual gifts so that we can help one another? I mean, today there are so many needs just in this room. You might have a need. And if you don't have a need, I can guarantee that there's someone else in this room that does have a need and that together we can actually solve those needs because we've got gifts and talents that have been so graciously given to us by the Holy Spirit so that we can actually meet those needs and help one another. So this is the deal with the Holy Spirit. So we're going to bring up these three things about the Holy Spirit here. And you would have heard these terms before if you've ever been in church circles, but the thing about the Holy Spirit, and I'm going somewhere with this, is that he is omnipresent, which means he's everywhere at the same time, so he can see what you need at the same time as he can see what you need, and he sees the gifts that you have at the same time as he sees the problem that you have, and the fact that you've got the gift that can solve that problem, because he's everywhere at the same time. I mean, that's mind-blowing because we can only be at one place at one time. But he's also omnipotent, which is all-powerful. Wow. So whatever the need is, there's no need that's too hard for the Holy Spirit, that he can't meet the need that you have. And he's all-knowing. And that is so wonderful and it could be scary all at the same time. I mean, if you've had bad thoughts or thoughts that you wish other people didn't know, then you'd probably prefer that the Holy Spirit wasn't (laughs) all-knowing. Anyone ever felt like, yeah, I don't really want others to know that I've been thinking that or I've done that. I mean, not you people because you're very holy in here. But there's been times in my life that I've thought things and maybe even done things that, you know, I'd prefer the Lord didn't know. But the truth is, He's all-knowing. And not only about my own life, and that shouldn't scare us, that should actually comfort us because he's our helper, but also just the breadth of what there is to know about the universe and God and humanity, and he wants to share that with us. So I say that because the Holy Spirit's with us, and everywhere we go, everywhere you go, he knows that there's someone else that needs what we have to solve the problem or the issue that they may have. That happened to Joel and I. So uh, at the end of last year, we went on a, on a holiday and we thought we were going to a place where we could just really relax and chill out, probably not know a soul in that small town. So this was a small town in country Queensland. And I, I mean, I guess it's like um, us going to Shearwater. We're like, you know what, we're just going to town and we're just going to chill out and no one's going to know us, and this is a really cool thing. So we were at breakfast at this really cool little cafe in this little country town on our holiday, 
And you know, when we go to a cafe on our holiday, we don't really talk to each other very much. Um, we like to sit there in silence. Sometimes we like to read our Bibles. You know, when we just stare at each other because we love each other so deeply. <laughs> you know, when you're just with someone you're so comfortable with, you just don't have to talk. Do you know those sorts of people? That's him for me. And so we're in one of those moments when this young lady in her late 20s approached Joel and I. And I, I thought she was coming to take our order. Um, but she said, um, I know you. I know you too. And I was thinking, oh no, is that good or bad? <laughs> what have we done? <laughs> and she said, I actually know you too. And yesterday I prayed to God and I hadn't prayed to God for a really long time. And I said to God, if you're really real, I want you to send some pastors to town because I've got a few questions that I've got to ask them. And next minute, she comes from across the road, sees us, works up the courage to come and like even approach us. She was, even, she was actually shaking when she was approaching us. And she says, and I said, oh, can you tell us just a little bit of your story? Come and sit down. So we invited her to sit down and she said, well, uh, a number of months ago I left my husband and I left him because I've been in a domestic violence situation and I feared for my life and I feared for my child's life and I'm not going to give any details because obviously, you know, I want to protect this person. And she said... And when I told my church what was happening, because we were a couple that went to church, she said, the church didn't believe me and told me that I just had to pull my head in and go back to my husband. And so I've run away. And I ran away to this place because I wanted to get as far away and to be as inconspicuous and be in a place where he couldn't find me or my daughter because I cared too much about the safety of my daughter. And then I started to wonder... Because of my church's response to me yesterday, she said, does God really love me? Is God even real? Does he even care? God, if you care, send some pastors to town that I will know so that I can ask them, do you care about me? And so I'm here to ask you two today, does God care about me? And that's the answer. <laughs> and you know, the truth is, that God is working overtime, and I, I'm not going to tell you the outcome of that story because that's a private moment between me and that beautiful, and between us and that beautiful young woman. But God is working overtime to show people His love for them, and that He actually has answers in the midst of their trouble. You see, everywhere we go, everywhere you go. Holy Spirit is wanting to use you with the gifts and the talents and the heart that you have to serve humanity around us. And there are needs all around us. Yeah, it's true. Sometimes I imagine myself looking down from heaven and thinking all of the problems upon the earth and how God must be so busy trying to find people who will listen to him so that he can get them to go and help solve the problems. And sometimes I wonder how many times have I missed what heaven's trying to say to me to help people that are around me. 
because I know in my own life I've prayed and asked God for help and he's probably asking you to come and help me and maybe you didn't hear that nudge from heaven. And that's the whole point. We're just trying to say everywhere you go, God is wanting to help you to help others. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 and 12, it's, it's a great way that it explains some of the functionality for when we gather together church and there are, you know, in churches there are pastors and leaders and there's a little bit of structure sometimes in churches and the Bible explains what some of that structure is for. It says, now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors and teachers and in other sessions we can explain what those titles are and what they mean and how they function. But it says the responsibility is to equip God's people to do His work and build up the church, the body of Christ. Many times you can come to church and you think that the, there's really only a few people that are meant to do everything. And it's the people that get up here. But that's not what's meant to be about church. The Bible's real clear, God's heart, is that there are some people inside a church structure. And if anything, the responsibility they carry is to equip the rest of us to do His work. And so God may give a Tim and a Sharon and some others and there's some other leaders and great people. He may give them to the church to equip us, to train us so that we can all do God's work. Otherwise, we could easily think that when we come to church, we come to tail race and oh, no, th these people, are, it's their job to do all the work. I just come and attend. Well, eventually you start getting on this journey and you realize that everywhere you go, God wants to use you too. And so we come to church so that the church can help equip us and train us to be the kinds of people that can be more ready in every situation to do everything God wants us to do outside of a service like this. Um, one of the times in John chapter 6, verse 28, the, the disciples were with Jesus and they replied, we want, to perform, we want to perform God's works too. What should we do? And Jesus told them, this is the only work God wants from you. Believe in the one he has sent. Believe. One of the first things, one of the, if you want to think about doing something, what kinds of work should we do? One of the first works for all of us is to simply believe. Believe that Jesus came to give us life. And if he came to give me life, it means he came to give you life. It means he's come to give us all life. We believe that. We believe that he's come to give us life. So we believe that God wants to help people. Secondly, we believe that God wants to use us to help people. So we live in a world where God wants to help people, but we don't have to be innocent bystanders. We live in a world where God wants to help people, and we must believe that God wants to use us to help those people. Then we wake up every day with a simple prayer, Lord, help me to be attentive to what you want me to do today. Take my eyes off myself for a moment. And start thinking about the needs of the people around me. One of the greatest ways to get through your day, if it's a bad day, is to start thinking about how you can help someone else's bad day. Throughout the scriptures, um, you know, I don't know what, you, what name you give to God. Maybe you just call him God. Uh, his son is Jesus. You heard Jules talk about the Holy Spirit. But throughout the ages, throughout Bible history, God has actually revealed himself. So if I walk up to you and I say, hi, I'm Joel, I'm, I'm, I'm introducing myself with my name. Well, do you know God does this in the Bible? He introduces himself with his own name. And there are numbers of examples to Adam, Adam and Eve, in the very beginning, God introduces himself as Elohim. Elohim means creator. And this is important because 
words don't matter as much as we imagine those words to function. And so if you just say God, it might not mean as much as if when you say Elohim, which means creator of all of the universe. And so God introduces himself to Adam as Elohim, creator. He introduces himself to Abraham as El Shaddai, the one who is able to be fully sufficient for all needs that you have. There's this um, lady called Hagar who is on the run in a domestic violence situation in the Bible. I love the Bible, how it tells all the gory stuff. It tells all the good stuff and all the bad stuff. So there's a, a lady named Hagar. She's on the run in a domestic violence situation, and she's hiding with her son, and she feels like her life's about to end, and all of a sudden, God turns up. And he introduces himself as El Roy, which means the God who sees me. Isn't it amazing that no matter what situation you find yourself in, God wants to reveal a different part of his character to help you through your day? There's a time with um, Isaac where he's about to go through this incredible ordeal and right there on the mountain, God reveals a, 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 a ram, like a, an animal to be able to have a sacrifice and he reveals himself as um, Jehovah Jireh. Jehovah means Lord. Jireh means provider, the Lord who provides. Why am I saying this? All throughout Scripture, God introduces himself with his name. But when you get to near the end of the Bible, there's a part in Philippians chapter 2 where it says that um, Jesus, who is God, came down from heaven, emptied himself of his, of his divinity, became like a human, like his creation, walked an obedient death all the way to the cross. Therefore, God exalted him and gave him the name above every name. So that at his name, Jesus, every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is truly Lord of all the earth. And so we're talking about all these names that God introduces himself and they all find their fulfillment in this name of Jesus. Every, knee, every name shall submit itself to the name of names, Jesus. Why is this important? Because we carry that name. That means one of the names of God, which is Rapha, which means healer, all those names sit under the name of Jesus. So when you carry the name of Jesus, you also carry the name of healer or of provider or of peace or of I see you, or of acceptance, or involvement, or inclusion. So everywhere you go, you have the name of Jesus, which means everywhere you go, you can help. We're trying to say today, you should have every confidence to believe that you can help people, not because you're a perfect person, or you've done a whole lot of great theology, or you've been to a Bible school, or any of those types of things, or you've ticked off all your attendances this week, this year, or you've read the Bible through 53 times, none of those things. The reason we can help other people is because we simply carry His name. And His name covers all names that He introduces Himself, so you're able to heal someone. You can bring peace to someone. You're able to bring comfort to somebody. Wherever you are in any situation from right now, if we were to turn this moment back to you at your tables and you were to chat amongst yourselves about the needs that you have, you should feel every confidence to feel like because of the name of Jesus that resides on your life, you are able to say peace to you, healing to you. May God bless you with provision. May he help you. May he look after you. You carry that name and therefore you are able to bring that name into every situation. I'll just show you as, as simply as I can possibly explain what this looks like on a day-to-day -day basis. 
And I know so many of you, you function this way. So this is just a reiteration to you of, I guess, what the Lord needs of you and and that the Lord's on your situation and he will send someone to, to bring the answer to your problem. But this is kind of how it works. If we can bring up that next scripture. So it's 1 Corinthians 14 verse 3. So we'll have a look at this here. I love this. I love this scripture. It says here, but one who prophesies, what does the one who prophesy do? It's not ooky spooky Spiro. No, the one who prophesies strengthens others, encourages them and comforts them. Just leave that there for a minute. So if I prophesy, I strengthen you, I put courage in you, I comfort you. So this is what happens for me. It's, and it's just how the, how the Lord works with me. I'll be in the bathroom in the morning. And this happens really regularly, Tim. It's so funny. <laughs> I'm kind of like, oh, not again, Lord. And I'll be cleaning my teeth. I know, just the, the regular cleaning the teeth. Give me a little wave if you cleaned your teeth this morning. <laughs> Nothing really Spiro about that. Okay, we clean our teeth, keeps our pearly whites white or clean without holes, DK. And while I'm doing that, he'll often talk to me. And the reason I think he chooses that time is because I can't talk while I'm cleaning my teeth. I'm silent for a moment. So he actually has a chance to talk to me about someone that needs his help. This is what often happens. It's so weird. And so he'll just say things like, what's your name? Okay, I know this is probably not your situation, Luke, but he'll just say, um, Luke needs to be encouraged, Julia. And so I just think to myself, does he? Well, I wasn't thinking about Luke before this moment, but you're thinking about Luke, Lord. What do you want to say to Luke? And we've got these incredible devices called phones that have this capability to send a text message so that people can read a message whenever they want to get around to it. So it's not being even obtrusive to whatever Luke is doing at the time, but the Lord knows that Luke needs an, a, a message of encouragement or comfort or he just needs some kind of courage put into his situation. And then he'll begin to just download, just send this message to Luke. And sometimes this is what I've done because I'm like, a, I'm a little bit of a procrastinator and is this really law, is this the Lord or is it me? And I always just deduct, you know what, I wasn't thinking about Luke before this moment, so... God, I'm just going to get a bit courageous. I'm going to pick up my phone and I'm going to send Luke a text message with what you're saying to him right now. I can't even tell you the amount of times that I've shot off a text message to someone and by the end of the next 24 hours, by the time that they've read that, they'll say these kinds of words to me. You'll never believe this. But that's exactly what I needed. How did you know? And I usually can sort of get through that, how did you know? Because I'll always say, look, I was just thinking about you and I sense the Holy Spirit saying this. And then you put courage into this person or comfort over that person. How many times have someone popped into our mind or in our heart and we've kind of just disregard that as, oh, I'm just thinking that or I'm just making that up. 
when actually that's exactly how the Holy Spirit works and just wants to put that sense of courage into that person. Do you know what? A word like that could save someone's life because we don't know what kind of um, mental state, emotional state. We don't know the relational issues they might be struggling with. And because we just took the time to do something practical, like send a te- text message. And it's not even that. It's just when you, when you see someone, like I, I saw Warren over here for the first time in like years. And it's like, I can prophesy over him out in the cafe as we encounter one another without him even knowing that I was doing that. Because as soon as I saw him, the Holy Spirit reminded me, I have called him to lead the saints in worship. Now speak that over him. Now I didn't say to Warren, hey man, the Lord is saying to you, thus saith the Lord today, you're meant to lead the saints in worship. And I just went, you know what, mate? The Lord has put a gift on your life. You blessed me in that season that we worship the Lord together. You know, don't hold back on that gift because the body of Christ needs you. Do you see how normal it is? Like, I just don't get the impression, Joel, that Jesus went around and said, well, in the name of myself, I just want to speak life over you in my name. Like, read the Gospels. He just went about healing the sick, doing good, and crazy things like raising the dead. And maybe everywhere we go, he wants to do the same kinds of crazy things through you and me being obedient to him. I could imagine him probably brushing his teeth and doing what you said there. <laughs> I reckon so. I reckon so. There's a scripture in um, 1 Corinthians 12. It's kind of we're in the same, same area still. It says, To one person the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same Spirit gives great faith to another. And to someone else the, the one Spirit gives the gift of healing. Jules was talking about scenarios where maybe you're by yourself and the Lord's speaking to you or nudging you to be able to help someone else. But one of the reasons we gather together like this is because there are lots of us that have different gifts. And it's not about trying to wish that you had someone else's gift. It's just being content that God has gifted you in some special way. And, you know, the more you become confident that God has created you a certain way, He has gifted you. There are great strengths in you. In fact, usually your gift is something that you don't even see. You think everyone does that. And that's other people that have to point out, no, that's actually a gift that you've got. That's, not everyone does that. You're amazing how you do that. But we, we collectively work those things together as we're in the room together. So one of the great reasons to gather together is so that we can share the gifts together that God has given us. Years ago, I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease, and um, it, it was a horrible prognosis. And they were telling me that, you know, the trajectory of my life, if every time I had a flare-up, what was going to get worse, and how these were going to happen, and injections of steroids are going to have to be increased, and then I'm going to have to, if it keeps getting worse, I'm going to have to, different parts of my intestines are going to get cut out. And Julia asks that beautiful universal question to doctors, which she has several times, what's the worst thing that could happen? And he said you could die. You just never ask that question. But we're in this scenario where um, I'm like, well, what do you do? What do I, where do I go from here? And the specialist said to me, we don't know, just Google it. I'm like, why am I paying for a specialist if you're telling me to Google it? I ought to Google it before I got here. And so, saved $185. Yeah. So, 
so I spent months after that trying to figure out how do you get healed from Crohn's disease, from diverticulitis and all these different ulcerative colitis and that whole ugly family of diseases, an incurable autoimmune disease. And every time I read something, I thought, that sounds like I should do that. And then I'd read something else and it just conflicted and it told me to do the opposite. And I got so confused. I started to get a little bit depressed because I just couldn't see any proper answers through this. And I was in pain and I kept um, bloating and things weren't getting any better. And I was overseas one time and I was in a hotel and I felt like that the Lord just nudged me. You know, when God speaks to me, it more sounds like, Ugh. And I just kind of know what he's saying. Like, I don't get these words in the sky or any audible voice. It's just more of a sensing and a nudging. And the nudging was, go downstairs to the foyer with your iPad. I want to speak to you. Which I know sounds very descriptive and specific, right? But that was the nudge. I'm like, I just feel like I've got to go down and just take my iPad. And So I went down to the foyer and I'm sitting on the lounge. And I'm just scrolling through things and I'm searching for things about this disease and cures and things. And I came across this research... And I just felt on the inside, God say, this, do this, start now, like an urgency. And so I read this book and I implemented it immediately from that moment in the foyer. And even on the way home on the plane, I was putting into practice all of these different things and the way to eat and that kind of thing. And, you know, within three months, the symptoms all disappeared. Within 12 months, I had to go back for another um, colonoscopy. I had a colonoscopy and an endoscopy, well, you know, it's where they meet in the middle and shake hands. So I went back and had my, my yearly checkup, my, my 12 month later checkup, and, and the specialist said to me, no joke, Julie was there, the specialist said, well, I don't know what you've done, but it's all gone. It's all gone. He said, God is always wanting to help us. He's, he's nudging us. And I think so many times we can't hear his still small voice because everything's raging so loudly around us. But this is why he gives us different gifts, all of us, so that we can help one another. There can be, that was just wisdom. That moment was just a moment of wisdom. I didn't get healed miraculously. No one prayed for me and I fell down and got back up and it was all gone. It took months and months and months of practicing something, but it was wisdom that was given to me. And amongst all of us, all the answers for all that we need for all of our issues... All those answers are here amongst us, which is why we love each other and we serve each other and we become confident to share those gifts. He gives one person the power to perform miracles, another the ability to prophesy. Jules has been talking about that. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from someone else. Still another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages while others are still given the interpretation of that. We've all got different gifts. We don't need to idolize each other. We worship Jesus, but we serve one another with the different gifts that he's got us us to bring us all up into maturity because the goal is for us to become like Jesus. It is and we've nearly finished so I know church is coming to an end very soon and maybe the worship team can come and join Joel and I up here and just begin to maybe play some worship music behind us as we head into praying for some people. But the truth is, I mean, I think when it comes down to it, uh, we're talking about um, being led by the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit wants to lead every single one of us. Have you got that message by now? <laughs> we, we really wanted to reiterate every time we spoke, <laughs> everywhere you go, the Holy Spirit wants to use you. Everywhere you go, have you got that message? So that if you remember nothing else and none of the stories, you remember, hey, everywhere I go, tomorrow at work, when I go home to my family, 
when I travel, hop on a plane and go overseas this afternoon. (laughs) Everywhere I go, the Holy Spirit is wanting to meet the needs of the people around me. And the Holy Spirit is always leading us, but we've got a choice to respond or not respond. And um, we've got a choice how how we will respond. And I think how we respond will either freak people out (laughs) or it will draw people to Jesus. Not to me, because honestly, I can't fix anyone in and of myself. It's only Jesus on the inside of me that gives me the ability to be able to bring those answers. So I've got two ways I can do that. I call it um, the religious... um, So it's up here, the religious supernatural. So the supernatural is the God side. And I can either do that in a religious manner, which is like this. You you find the need to use language, cliches and styles that they have seen and heard from others to deliver a prompting or message from the Holy Spirit. So nobody in this method of delivering it is arguing that the Holy Spirit has given you a message. But you don't know how to do it, so you copy someone else. In the name of Jesus! You know, I back in the day, I, I attended all kind of Pentecostal meetings and there was whoosha, you know, and whoosha. And so if, if I wasn't confident that God wanted to use me in my own personality, I might think that that's how Holy Spirit, I don't know, that's some kind of martial arts really, but <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, and I've, I've even encountered people and this is maybe their personality. You know, they're, hallelujah! And it's scary. Imagine walking up to someone in Woolies. Hallelujah. Oh, the Spirit of the Lord is on me. And He has anointed me. Now, honestly, if that is that person's personality, there could be people here that do it that way. I'm sure you get away with it. But if I did that, I have got no doubt in my mind people would run away from me. So I prefer... This method I call naturally supernatural. Again, it's supernatural, but if we have a look at the next slide, it delivers Holy Spirit's promptings or message within your own personality and with language that will be received with understanding and ease. So while we've been in church today, I really felt like Holy Spirit wanted to heal people. His healer, Joel talked about that. And so why wouldn't Holy Spirit prompt me just to pray for people who are sick? So if we could all just bow our heads right now. And you are carrying some kind of illness that you recognize and also recognize that God can heal it. Can you just wave and go, yep, that's me need healing just keep your hand up now can I just ask you you've let me know that you need healing but can you just raise your hand like you're raising it to the Lord like Lord I need to be healed raise it to the Lord not to me remember I can't heal you (laughs) 
but I can be led by the Holy Spirit to pray for you so that the healer can heal you and His presence is here. I can sense His presence here. And the way I'm sensing it right now, which some of you may be sensing it, that is, it's like this, this goosebumps, this electricity in my body. And it's not because we're cold. It's because Holy Spirit is touching your body with the presence of God and bringing healing. I just sense right now that Holy Spirit is healing someone's eyes, their eyesight. And it's really bothered you not having your eyesight 100% or the way it used to be is really bothering you. Some people it doesn't bother, but you, it really bothers you. Holy Spirit knows that. And He's just bringing complete healing, absolute complete healing to your eyes. And remember, as He heals you, it's in the name of Jesus. Do you see how just normal that is? You know, I can walk up to someone, just, just stay in that attitude because the Holy Spirit is healing. I can walk up to someone in a chemist, at Woolworths, at work, and Holy Spirit can give me a message that He wants to meet the needs of that person. And I can do it in such a way that that person doesn't even know what's going on but meets the needs of that person. There's someone here, and, or there's a couple here, or someone here without their partner, and your marriage hasn't been too great. And I just feel to give you just a little bit of wisdom, which is don't lean away from each other, but lean into each other and lean into God together. Lean into God together. And watch God bring a restoration to your relationship. And it won't happen overnight, but over time it will happen. God is good. God cares. And He's amongst us right now. The Bible also says, lay hands on the sick and they will recover. And I do just sense this gentleman that I said hi to today just to lay hands on you and believe for God to bring complete healing. Complete healing in Jesus' name. A miraculous healing. You'll be like the, the woman at the well who went around the town saying, I met this Jesus, look at what he's done for me. And I sense that will be your story. I had an encounter with Jesus and his healing power and look at what he's done for me. Look at what He's done for me. And I'm just asking if everyone can open your eyes and just stretch it out to this gentleman right now. And can we just pray and add our faith to his faith, to my faith, and believe for healing in Jesus' name? Because there's power. There's power in the name of Jesus. I think we sung that. Did we sing that? There's power in the name of Jesus or great is the Lord or something like that so beautiful and they're in great is the Lord great is the Lord great is the Lord there's such an openness right now to, to God I sense that there is such a complete openness to the Lord he knows that 
Thank you, Lord, for this man's faithfulness. Thank you for the power of God that lives on the inside of him. Thank you that Jesus has done great things in him. And Jesus, today, I thank you that your healing power is at rest in his life. In Jesus' name. Can everyone say, in Jesus' name? Say it again, in Jesus' name. Say it out loud because that's the name that is above every name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. That's great. Hey, um, I just want to just talk to people about this journey of faith towards Jesus. I think so many times people disqualify themselves from their own journey. You, You feel bad because of maybe something you've done or you feel bad because of mistakes in the past or it's really easy to disqualify yourself in this life. Um, You've you got to know how much God loves you. You, you really do. I think it, it can be sometimes hard to really fully comprehend that. If you've spent a lifetime walking away in the wrong direction, you feel like you've got so much room to make up, right? Like if you keep making mistakes and you feel like every time you do something wrong, something bad, you're walking further and further away from God. And the further your life goes and the longer you live in the wrong direction, you just it, it becomes confounding. It, it can be harder to get right with God in your own mind because you feel like there's so much distance. One of the great things we read about as you read the Bible and understand about God is you realize His heart towards all people. That at the moment we come to our senses, even once we start to realize we think we've traveled so far from God, the moment that you come to your senses, the Bible, the Bible word is called repentance, which just means to turn, to change. But when you come to your senses and you turn around, you have the biggest shock of your life that the distance you thought was so far to get back to God, you realize He's standing right here because He follows us. He walks with us. And only later in my life have I started to realize that the distance I thought I'd walked, that He was walking that distance with me. He walks with us in our mistakes. He walks with us in the things that we do that we're not pleased about, but God's there with us. No matter how dark the season gets, God is there. And so in this life, it's really all just about which way are your shoulders facing? Are you facing toward Him or are you facing away? And I simply just want to encourage you in your heart, just turn around. Just make sure whatever you're doing in life, your shoulders are facing towards Jesus. And you'll watch daily, sometimes it takes a bit longer, but daily as you, as you face towards Him, it's that daily decision to face Him that He starts to walk with us and helps us to make sense of life. So I just want to offer a prayer to any person here today that you feel like you just, you just need to turn. You, just, you, want your, you want your shoulders to face Him and watch Him love you. Watch, watch how you start to understand how much He loves you. So can we stand together? We're going to sing a song to close. But let me just pray for you as we stand. God, there are so many beautiful people here. People that you love so precious. Many of us, Lord, we do things and we make mistakes and we say things in a way that we feel like we've walked away from you. Help us to always know that you're right with us. You're here in the middle of our junk. You're here in the middle of our mistakes. You walk with us. And God, may you help us to always remember, I just need to turn my shoulders back to you. I just need to face you, face the one who loves me, 
so incredibly. So Lord, may your, may your love be shed abroad in their hearts today. I bless these people that they would know you. I bless them to know your love. I bless them to walk in your grace. I bless them to know the great extent of your mercy. And God, everywhere they go, everywhere we go today, everywhere we go, may we understand that you're in us to serve others and help others around us. We thank you today that you're here. We thank you for your love. We appreciate all that you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us today. We hope that you've enjoyed the message and that it's had great impact on you. If you want prayer, would like to connect with us further, or you just have questions, we would love to chat. You can find us at www.tarescommunitychurch.com.au or you can find us on Facebook. Have a great week.